Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. This is a Rogue Media Network podcast. Welcome to Purpose Driven Sobriety. Thank you for listening to the Purpose Driven Sobriety Podcast. My name is Christine and I am an alcoholic. Um, Today, I have on a stranger on the show. my, if, if anybody, please do seek me out and follow me on Facebook, Christine Cohen, <clears throat> excuse me, K-O-E-H-N, or you can look for the Purpose Driven Sobriety um, page. Uh, Rick um, uh, goes against his will everywhere <laughs> Everywhere I go. I drag him by the non-hair <laughs> of his head, um, and uh, he's, he's, he's my boo thing. Um, if, you, if you follow me on Facebook, that's a, he's my boo thing. Um, thank you for coming down here and sitting with me. You know what? And here's the deal. I'm just, I'm feeling, um, especially today for some reason, I have um, actually just came from a meeting and let go of a responsibility that I had that was just really a drain on me um, mentally and physically. Um, and I was able to, you know, step down from that because I'm a control freak. And I want to, when I take on something, I want to do be the best at it and I want to know what it, but there comes a point in time where you just have to go, I suck <laughs> so hard at doing this, this thing. What, and it was a, a treasure. I'm not a treasure. I can write a mortgage loan, but I have a computer. Accounting's um, not your gig. I'm just not my gig, dude, man. And so every time I would try to be a treasurer for this group, it just, it gave me diarrhea. It was just awful. Um, and so luckily, not really. Okay. But you know what I mean? Um, but luckily, during a very cool meeting down there, I was able to go, I can't, I can't do this. And so there comes a point in time where you just, you know, and I'm not good at that because I'll carry something until it kills me. So I'm, I'm kind of proud of myself there that I was able to step down from that and just go, I am not good at this. Please. Well, and what a great topic for, for what we're, we're, you know, for the segment here. Yeah. You know, you've got, you've got to realize what you're good at. Focus on that and let the other stuff go. You know, too many times we take on responsibilities and don't let them go because we feel like we're obligated. And the frustration that we have and we add to our lives, we don't need to add. Well, or even obligated. I mean, for me, and I'll just be honest, I'll find myself taking on things so I can be the star. I mean, I'm, I'm just being honest, you know, so that I can... I can be important that I can, and it's like, Mm-mm, this is not about me. And, and, you know, was I doing a good job of it? Not really. <laughs> they, they, they did admit to me that I probably wasn't doing a very good job of it, but I was, I was doing okay. But you know, anyway, well, so that, that's, does that mean you won't call me in to fix up your problem? Yeah, no, that's, you'll <laughs> always be the one to f- come in and fix up the problems, but you know what, but especially a lot of what's has been on my mind too, is, you know, next, next month, um, I'll be 12 years sober. Can you believe 12 years? That just, it's craziness. That's unbelievable. Um, 
And and I, I you know I've been thinking back at at um, how how much I have changed in my own head. You know, a lot of people see me change as far as how I behave and stuff like that. But in my between these ears, you know, um, the the resentments and all of the things that I had before I got sober that I not only have let go of but that I rose above you know namely um and I don't know why he came to my mind my dad came to mind the other day um and you know that um I was abused by my dad as a child and um you know it was a a horrendous childhood and all the things but working the steps of Alcoholics Anonymous I was able to work through that and I was able to help that man out of this world when he passed away, not that I killed him. <laughs> that sounds wrong. I was there. I, I, I was there and present. I helped with the medical, you know, stuff that he needed. And um, I was just present and I was of service and I was, um, I did the right thing, which, you know, without the program of recovery, I would have never done that. And um, just the, the thinking that changes, it's just, um, it's, it's amazing when you let go. Well, when you let go and let God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We've been talking a lot about that. It's hard to let go of things. It's really hard to let go of things because well, of it's one it of those things. It's like, you know, what if, um, what if God doesn't do what I want? You know, I mean, what if, what if how, you know, how I think things should go? What if, you know. But that's, that's the whole point of letting go. You know, God sits over here and he says, okay, when you get through trying to drive this bus and you need some help, let me know. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm here. He doesn't force himself. Mm-hmm. You know, and a lot of people say, you know, we'll get mad at God. Well, why did he let that happen? He didn't let anything happen. It was choices that people made that made things happen. Well, he and allows things to happen. I mean, well, he allows things. He allows things by choice, you know, people's choices. Mm-hmm. And that, and that's the whole thing with, with you know, with loving on him and, uh, you know, who wants, who wants a God that's going to make you love him? Mm-hmm. You know, who wants a husband or a wife that's going to make them, you know, make the other party love them? It doesn't work that way. That's not love. That's someone, obligation. I heard someone say you can't, you can't love God unless you have the option to not love god that's exactly right i love the way that they that they put that but um anyway i'm just i'm in a lot of i'm in a lot of freaking gratitude because i don't have to be that treasure anymore but i am just i'm (laughs) i was i thought i was gonna kiss that man on the mouth with it volunteered to be the treasure because i was like dude you don't know but you're saving my ass Uh, but i brought the the fishbowl of topics um just so we could you know we could look at these and um these are these are topics out of as bill sees it if you're in alcoholics anonymous um or any anonymous program that was birthed from alcoholics anonymous as bill sees it is my favorite book just because it's like recovery for dummies in the sense that you all of the whatever you're feeling or going through that topic is in the front of as bill sees it and you can you can find so much strength and hope just in that little book and i just love it so I took all the topics out of here, which, quite frankly, 100% of them are just topics on life. We've talked about that frequently, how, Mm -hmm. 
you know, recovery. Um, everybody's everybody needs to recover from something. Everybody. Everybody. Fear, anxiety, depression, worry, Control. depression. I mean, um, resentments. You know, um, all. I mean, just every addiction. Everybody has something that's their vice. And um, so, what we'll do is, I'll let you choose first. You want to pick for me? Um, sure. Well, no, you have to pick. Okay. That's just not how it's done. You have to do it right, Rick. So we pick a topic, and then we'll share what that topic means to us. Did you write these? Um, I wrote them with my hand, but it was out of, out of As Bill okay. Sees It. All right. Growth. Oh, how funny. In the sea, <laughs> that's a God thing right there. So what does, um, what has, so Rick is not, um, as we say, Rick is not one of us. He's an earthling. Um, but, um, but, but you love recovery. You oh, have, I do. you have come side by side with me this entire, um, 12 years. I've done the journey. So yeah. What does growth mean to you? Well, you know, and I know you, I'm going to hear your eyes roll. Mm -hmm. You always do what you've always done. You'll always get what you've always got. You know, growth is changing the way that, uh, that you look at life. Growth is a way that you start accepting things as they are. Uh, growth uh, is a journey towards uh, happiness, contentment, um, where you feel like in the morning when you get up, you don't go, uh, oh, my God, it's morning. You say, good morning, God. You know, growth is something that uh, a lot of people will think that uh, and, and allude to or, or target or pinpoint uh, their growth of uh, education. You know, and while education is important, you know, when we talk about growth, we talk about spiritual growth. You know, we're put here on this earth and we have choices that we can make to either be happy or not happy. Uh, we have uh, every, uh, we have a, a, um, a decision or a choice of how we, we choose to accept everything that happens to us and how we accept that. Um, you know, we, we don't have control over things that happen. We have a choice of how we accept those or how we move forward with those things that happen to us. Growth... Um, is a um, is a life journey of contentment. I think that is our that is our ultimate goal here uh, is to uh, get to a point in our life where we're content with uh, our surroundings, our people. You know, Paul said, "I've um, <coughs> I lived a life of plentiful, and I've lived a life of." Um, uh, little and in each of those I choose to be content and happy with God and I think that's what it's all about mm. I heard the other day um well, I say the other day it's a long time ago and, and I'm, I'm I've got a radar on when I hear it that you will know um a believer um in God by people who use the phrase it is what it is and they and they mean it. I mean, you know, because that's acceptance. That's just another few words that just fill in that blank for acceptance. When you're in a situation and you just go, "It is what it is." I mean, it's you know, we can't change it, so we just yeah. accept it, and that's that's huge growth for me too. Well, the so. serenity prayer—that's a perfect example mm -hmm. of it. Mm -hmm. 
Okay, my turn. Chick deep. On the bottom, right? Ew, pain. I don't like that. <laughs> um, there, well, obviously, there's a bunch of different kinds of pain. Um, I don't know how much I have to say about that. I don't like it. I try to avoid it, but I don't avoid it to the detriment of myself. Like, I don't avoid having, like, a, a hard conversation because that's a kind of pain for me. You know, I don't like I don't like confrontation when I'm sober. You know, but but sometimes confrontation, I, I hate that word even. But sometimes having a hard conversation is necessary. Um, you know, physical pain. Um, you know, these bodies from I believe, or and I know from the moment we're born, we're marching towards the grave, and we're just gonna these bodies are gonna have pain. You know, and um, <laughs> a lot. And I, yeah, the the acceptance of you know that that God will. Um, will will help us in that pain so what, what do you have anything to say about pain well i think pain is part of life uh whether it be physical or spiritual you know you're going to have pain when you lose someone that you love uh you're going to have pain when you're in uncomfortable places and you have to tell somebody something that you don't want to say or tell them you know how we accept that pain is is uh, uh is really again you know our journey in this life you know, our choices of those pains that we're that we're going to experience. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the spiritual pain. Um, I think with uh, the surrender to God, we can we can cure the the uh, spiritual pain that we suffer from, in just the surrendering and letting God take control of our lives and accepting what He's put in front of us. And that's not to say to just you know get up in the morning and not do anything. God has given us. You know, a brain to you know to uh, uh, to choose and work with, and um, so. But the pain of spiritual discomfort uh, is something that you know, as as we journey through life, uh, is um, is part of that growth. Mm. Okay, cool. Your turn. She's a happy one. Drum roll, please. Personality change. So talk about that. Say more. Um, Do, have you had a personal personality oh, change from? Well, I mean, you know, my my, my story of addiction that was um, uh, was anger. You know, I was uh, I was a very angry person. Um, I was um, not only was I angry. Um, you know, I was I mean I mean I was pretty physical. Um, I played ball because I could hit somebody, mm -hmm. and um, uh, that was that was my that was my personality. You know, I think if people that knew me back then and and uh, and met me now. Um, would have a totally different opinion of me than what they did. You know, I was not a very likable person. Um, control, anger, violent. Um, so yeah, I mean, through this journey with you in the, uh, in the sobriety, uh, like we said earlier, you don't have to have, you don't, you don't have to be drunk to have an addiction. Mm -hmm. 
You don't have to use alcohol or drugs to have an addiction. It could be an addiction to anything. You know, overeating, playing golf. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there's, um, you know, uh, I- I- anything that you do to excess um, is an addiction. Well, my addiction was anger. My addiction was violence. My addiction was I'm going to get one up on you. That was my addiction. And through this journey, yeah, uh, I have not only um, s- seen a change in you, but I've also experienced a change in me. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you can change. Your personality can change. Mine certainly has. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Well, yeah, especially, you know, with, with your, you know, the 12 steps work. They just work. Oh, and they're if, life, they you, are life's if instructions. If you do the deal, you are going to be a changed person, 100% guarantee. Um, I wish they would preach it in church. I know, right? Or teach it in high school even, my goodness. Yeah. Um, okay. So let's see here. I don't know what the – admission. Hmm. Admitting your faults. <laughs> admission. I do that pretty well. Yeah, mo- well, most people don't, though. I know, but I do that pretty well, I think. I'll, uh, you know, um, you know, it's, well, and especially, you know, I, I, I said early on when I got into recovery, um, you know, this program will ruin you because, you know, what was it? We were walking into Walmart, um, and I wasn't but a, a few months sober and I had stepped over this styrofoam cup, and I got clear to the middle of Walmart, and I thought, son of a bitch. I, just something was eating at me, and I had to go back and pick up that styrofoam cup and put it in the trash can. And it's like, when you know better, you, ha- you do better. You just do better, or it drives you nuts to not do better. Your conscience, when you start to get a clear conscience after living in such a foggy crap place you you it, it just it feels good it feels good to especially especially working the steps and like you know doing a fourth and fifth and an eight and ninth eight and ninth step and just releasing all the crap you've been carrying around once you feel that freedom it's like oh hell no i'm not letting anything stack on top of me ever again and, and, but I, I can only do that if I continue to live the steps. I mean, if I quit doing that, I would be right back where I started. How did you feel after you went back and picked that cup up? Oh, well, I was pissed, <laughs> but, but it obviously felt better. I mean, um, so, yeah. Do you have anything to say on admission? Well, I think, yeah, I think one of that's, that's, the, tar- that's the toughest part of, of change in your life is admitting that uh, there is, that you oh, have you. faults that um uh improvement you know faults that you know my fault was um i was always right you know my admission to the fact that i wasn't always right that was tough you know again that's letting go you know i yeah i did things better nobody could do them as good as i could uh nobody can do it better than me you know, if you want something done right, you do it yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's an admission of maybe you're not right all the time. 
you know, maybe it's okay to, uh, maybe it's okay to let that guy in front of you, you know, in a turn lane. Um, you know, you, you stop being that guy that wants to get one up mm-hmm. on everybody. Admitting that you're wrong. Man, that's tough. Well, and it's a far cry from admitting, admitting something to you and admitting something to myself. Well, yeah, I mean, that, you know, uh, I'm not going to admit it to myself. I'm going to make excuses, mm-hmm. you know, why I did it. Even the fact that you knew that you were wrong, admission, you're going to hide that. You're going to tell lies to cover that up, mm-hmm. you know. Well, I shouldn't have done that, but let me tell you why I did it. Right. Okay, your turn. You're going deep. Worry. Ew, we need to burn that one. <laughs> I don't like that one. What does it do for you? Tell the truth. What's it do for you? What's it, what's, what does worry do for you? And we all do it. It's almost one of those things where you can't help but. But, you know, you, you, uh, you sit. How many times have you, have you worried about something and then you realize that after it's all over with, you shouldn't have worried at all? Or you had nothing to worry about. And yeah. you had absolutely nothing to mm-hmm. worry about. But yet, yeah. you, but yet you ruined all of the time spent worrying. You you robbed yourself of those moments of being present. Well, you yeah you rub you you robbed yourself the moment that those moments of being uh, content. You know, worry takes it out of us. You know, worry takes all the happiness and puts it on the back burner. You know, we worry about stuff that we don't have any control over at all. We worry about uh, you know. Um, you know, in our business, you know, we worry about where's the next loan coming? You know, business is bad. What happens now? What are we going to do? How are we going to do it? You know, we, we future trip and try and solve problems that don't exist. How many times have we done that? You know, everybody does it. The fact of the matter is, is that, you know, we go back to surrender. You know, I can only, I can only, um, I can only worry about something that I have control over. And I really shouldn't worry about that because I've got a solution to it. Mm-hmm. So, But, you know, the, those, those problems that we manifest in our minds that really don't exist are the ones that we worry, <laughs> worry the most about. And they're always future stuff. You know, what's going to happen if? What's going to happen if and when? I saw on Facebook this morning um, someone had posted, you know, instead of instead of thinking what if, replace what if with even if. You know, what if I don't, you know, because we have a, a mortgage company here in Waco, Texas. What if I don't get any business for the rest of the month? It's like, okay, even if I don't get business for the, the da, 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 you know, play, right. as we say in recovery, play the tape all the way through, you know, so – and um yeah well and worry you know sometimes you feel like you got to do something and if you can't do something at least worrying is doing something i mean if i know that that doesn't make a whole lot of sense but it's true worry Um, leads leads to anxiety Mm -hmm. 
Um, worry can uh, cause uh, physical health problems. Mm -hmm. um, and again, we realize, you know, after that, that problem or that anticipated problem has passed, there wasn't really anything we could have done about it anyway. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the serenity prayer saves my yeah. butt every day. So, okay, cool. A Hate couple worry. of times today. I know. Yep, very frequently. Ooh, temptation. That used to be a, 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 a singing group, didn't it? Used to be. Um, temptation, you know, um, temptation, of course, it obviously it looks different now than what it did 12 years ago. Um, you know, temptation now involves sweets and sugars and cookies and yummy stuff. Sugar's not good for you. Um, I know sugar's not good for me. Um, so temptation, you know, I do believe that it's true that nothing can tempt me that there's not a way out, but it ends up being a choice of not taking that way out. Like, I could eat carrots <laughs> instead of cookies. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think the temptation is, um, you know, we're in a position that we need to make a choice, and the temptation has, is always... To make the choice that's going to benefit us. That's always the temptation. It's not the tem it, it, it's it's not the choice that is the right choice, but it's the temptation of making a choice that's going to benefit me, regardless whether or not it hurts somebody else. Mm -hmm. But what about me? Mm -hmm. You know, I think a lot of the things that we have, the the lot of problems and issues that we have, uh, is uh, self. You know, getting rid of the selfishness that we've got, putting other people um, in front of us, you know, thinking about not where my next meal is coming from, but where his next meal is coming from. Mm -hmm. um, the temptation of doing things that, um, you know, and, and in sobriety, I mean, you know, I've, I've, I've you know, as I go through, um, you know, the change and the, the search and the the uh, the trying to be a better person, you know, um, the temptation sometimes that guy cuts me off. I've still got those temptations. Mm -hmm. um, you know, somebody lies to me, I still have those temptations. You know, to lash out and be angry and 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 get even. Um, but you know, it's uh, you know, you say your prayer, and uh, you help God to uh, to to eliminate to get rid of those temptations that you have. And it's not just the temptation of sugar or eating. It's the, it's the temptations of life, mm -hmm. you know. Um, that's, uh, again, that's something that I think prayer helps with. All right. Okay, your turn. Disease. Okay. Sobriety. Disease. Is uh, alcoholism a disease? Are you asking? Uh, I'm just I'm I'm throwing it out 100%. for discussion. Absolutely. Of course it is. You know, and and um, you know, it's it's a disease that um, 
you know, it is a disease that is treatable, just like uh, a disease of anger or overeating or drug addiction. It's a disease. Dis-ease. Yep. You know, and we all have them. We all have that disease of, you know, and, and not physical disease, but mentally, spiritual disease that um, uh, we deal with every day, the temptations, you know, that leads to the disease that we just can't get rid of, we can't shake. You know, those are the things that, that, um, um, that we beat ourselves up for. Mm-hmm. Well, coming to, to know, to know, not think, I know that um, alcoholism addiction is a physical disease and that gave me a little bit of comfort in that I just thought I was so mentally defective, um, which is a nice way of putting. I just felt like I was a piece of shit, you know, and, and that at least gave me not an excuse, but, but it, it gave me a reason. At least I, I was like, okay, so now what? Just like if you were to tell me, I had some type of other physical disease. It's like, okay, but now what? How do we how do we get it, you know, to get better or get into remission or how do, what do we what do we do? At least then you can start working on the problem when you know what the problem is, right? Um, it made sense when I read in the doctor's opinion of the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous what the disease was and how I was mentally and physically different than other people that could drink without impunity, which means consequence. Um, I, I was different than them. And it's like, you know, you could either go, oh, well, me, I'm, or at least, okay, yes, I know I'm different. Now what? Well, here's a book. Here's 164 pages that will change your life forever if you adopt them as a way of life. There well, was that, a solution. A, yeah, people, that, that's the toughest thing for people to wrap their head around, though. You know, you, you, you talk about a disease and you talk about sickness, you know, and the first thing that pops into my, you know, and, and treatment, you know, for treatment, people, well, what pill do I take? You know, what shot do I take? You know, you know, is there something that, you, you know, is going to give me uh, relief from this disease? And the fact that there is the, the treatment is in that 464 pages is real tough for people to wrap their head around. Oh, for sure. You know, what do you mean treatment? I'm going to read this book and I'm going to do these steps and I'm going to live this life and it's going to get, it's going to get mm-hmm. me better. No, it's not. That's the tough part. Mm-hmm. That's the that's the part that people don't realize that um, they get in their own way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's the disease. Mm-hmm. Is the person not accepting the treatment? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because there's it a solution. Oh, it does. I'm telling I'm you, I've, yeah, I mean, I've seen it in you there's a solution. that it works, and I've seen it in other people that it works, and I, and quite frankly, I've seen it in me, mm-hmm. you know, not that I was an alcoholic, but I've seen changes within myself that the program works. Mm-hmm. Cool. Is it your turn, right? No, we're supposed to say the program. We're not supposed to say the program. Yeah, program. Well, I can say it's my story. I'll <laughs> say whatever I want to say. 
guilt versus shame. Oh, that's a good one. Is it? Yeah. Okay. What's the difference? That's a good one. What is the difference? I don't you? know. I'm asking you. I, you is guilt and shame. Um, well, here, I, I think the, the um, um, you know, we can have, we can have guilt. Um, we shouldn't have guilt. But we do, uh, and that, that's kind of the tough part of getting over. You know, we can have um, things that we did. You know, there, there's things that, um, that I know that I shouldn't be guilty for because God says let it go. It's in the past. Um, shame. Um, I don't know. Um can we tell you the difference? Yeah, please. Okay. Guilt is I'm sorry for what I did. Shame is I'm sorry for who I am. Okay. That's that's a profound difference. And and you learn this by working the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous. Okay? When you get into when you get into the steps and you work the steps, you only work the steps with the sponsor as the the program is prescribes. Um, but when you when you're able to drop the shame, which came because especially when I read the doctor's opinion and I learned that I, I, I knew I was drinking against my will. I knew that, but I didn't know why. And the shame and the guilt almost killed me, literally almost killed me. But when I was able to put the shame down to realize that it wasn't my fault, I'm responsible, but it wasn't my fault, then I could deal with the guilt of what I had done during that active addiction and I had harmed other people. But I couldn't have dealt with those things while carrying shame. So guilt is I'm sorry for what I did Shame is I'm sorry for who I am. And you can change that. Well, I I didn't change it. God well, changed. Yeah, God, I mean, yeah, you can change it by working this up. But, but yeah, that was something that um, I had to allow, which, which, you know, you know where my faith was. I had, I had no concept of God whatsoever when, you know, March 14, 2012 at approximately 1130 a.m. when I, when I became sober, um, but I had to allow because I didn't I didn't know about your God or what you're talking about. I just it was like, you know, but I had to I had to give the authority to another human being, which was my sponsor, to tell me who I was. Because I would I had just become so sick I didn't know. And she was able to tell me, You're not a bad person. You're not a defect. You're sick. But let, let's, let, how about we, can we start right now on trying to get you well, right? So she had to tell me certain things when I just couldn't hear it from any other place until I found a God of my understanding and was able to start a relationship with, with the God of my understanding. And I still thank you, God, I have the same sponsor, you know, almost 12 years later. But, but the shame part of it, and that's why I do this show. And that's why, you know, I, in my community, I'm the poster child for alcoholism and addiction. 
um, is because I refuse to let someone be around me and, and be in shame. I just, you know, um, you know, no more shame when it comes to this disease. No more shame. The guilt we can deal with. We, it, we and you take the steps. They're numbered for a reason. It's not an escalator, not an elevator, but we take steps one time. You know, one at a time with a sponsor. But the guilt can be worked out. The shame will keep you hiding, keep you drunk, keep you jicked out. That whatever it, your, your vice is. That's shame. Shame will keep you there. Shame will keep you there. You've got to get into a community and with a sponsor that can tell you the truth about yourself because you're not able to. Self cannot push self out of the center of self, right? You need other people to tell you the truth about you when you're just so sick you can't hear it from yourself or any other entity. But yeah, that's a. That's a big one for me, guilt and shame. I carry zero shame. I carry ze- I am shameless. I am shameless. Well, and I'm proud of you for that. You know, th- thank you. you know, that's cuz that's very, huge. I'm very proud of you for that. You know, and 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 again, we've talked about it before and we talked about it the other night. You know, if you stood up in front of people that um, you know, and you said uh, alcoholic or, you know, drug addiction, you know, what comes to mind? You know, and most people would put that as the guy that's you know, panhandling on the corner, you know, for money. But the fact of the matter is, is that there's somebody that knows somebody probably within their own family that suffers from drug addiction and, and, uh, or alcoholism or both or all of it, you know, and, and, and I think that, um, until we get past the shame of that and sweeping it under the rug so that nobody knows. Um, you know, until we start admitting that it is a rampant problem, it is a rampant, um, uh, that everybody, again, has either suffered from, knows somebody that suffered from it, Mm -hmm. but nobody wants to say anything. And it doesn't have any social boundaries. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have any economic boundaries. Mm -hmm. Um... And it's it, killing people. And it's it killing is killing. People. And the more people, people admit that there's a problem, the mm. more people will seek help. Well, and and yeah, I just mm-mm. and I, I think that that's one of the one of the th- I. It's the best thing about me. I said I we were talking about we had a, a friend that came over to our home the other night that's having trouble um, in with alcohol and you know being an alcoholic is the absolute best thing about me. It just is. It is because, you know, it's, I am a, I am not afraid. I am so comfortable with my darkness. I'm not afraid to go in and help you out of yours. You know, it's, um, I carry zero shame, zero, zero. Now there are times I'll do things where I have guilt, but again, we have the steps. I stay in, in communication with a sponsor. I still get to go to two meetings a week. So I'm able to, to work through that guilt and make proper amends when I need to and what have you. But that's, that's, guilt does not wear on my spirit. Shame kills my spirit. It kills, shame is a murderer of spirit. And 
the spirit is in this again you know it's my humble opinion you know we we are we are we are body soul and spirit and the spirit is how we communicate with god and when the spirit is broken and hiding in shame there's no communication with god and then you're just left with you know the body and the soul which is the mind you know and the motions and all the all the shit that just uh, it kills people it's killing people and so yeah i will not i will until my last breath tell anybody who's within <laughs> within earshot when i'm around them that i'm an alcoholic because maybe they're having trouble or maybe they know someone who needs you know that needs just a little bit of hope you know well and we've been in group settings where you know you've you've <laughs> you've introduced yourself as hi i'm christine I'm an alcoholic, uh, and it's not in that it's not in that environment mm-hmm. to to do that. Mm-hmm. And then you see people's first expression is, yeah. And then you Shock. see them, yeah. And then afterwards, then we can you laugh know, a little bit about it, right? And, but then, but then they come up to you and go, "Can I talk to you?" Isn't for a it interesting? Yeah, yeah. You know, and they start opening up, and mm-hmm. you know, they've got a problem or they've got somebody, and I'm trying to help them. I'm trying to fix them. Well, you can't, but. You know, at least it, it opens up that door for that journey of recovery for someone else. Someone else. You know what I found? You know what I found? And I was, I'm so glad that I, that I, God helped me articulate this for myself, is I have found that when I show you who I am, guts and all, you know, guts and gore and all the, all the ick, when I truly show you who I am, you're not afraid to be who you are with me. And that changes the dynamic of a human being to a human being connection, whether it be the person, you know, that's waiting on me at a restaurant or or behind the checkout counter of a convenience store or in a business setting. When I when I'm authentically just me, you know, they are they 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 are given the permission in their own brain to just be them and it just you see their shoulders drop you know you you see them relax a little bit more and the conversation always it's just it's a magical thing that that um authenticity does but and i think that everybody has uh and everybody i think does it to some degree you know you're in a business environment you're one way you're out on a vacation you're another way if you're over here you're another way you know, if you're if you're going to church or you're you know in a community setting, you're another way. Not me. You know, every, <laughs> no, not you. <laughs> and I know at first, at first, I know it was kind of your chagrin. You're like, oh gosh, we're doing this now. But yeah, you you kind of just let me do me, and it's worked out. Okay. Well, I gotta let you do you. <laughs> yeah. All right, you get to pick now. We still got a few minutes. I love that one. Guilt versus shame. Y'all think about that. Twelfth stepping. So let me tell you what twelfth stepping is, sir. <laughs> twelfth. What? Wait, wait. No. Oh, that's. Uh, no, I'm thinking thirteenth stepping. Okay. No, twelfth stepping. Twelve. Okay. So you said because you're not one of us. Twelfth stepping is when, um, you know, if someone were to call the hotline here, the intergroup hotline, yeah. and is in trouble and need help, to twelfth step is to go on a twelve step call. That's all that is. It's twelfth stepping is paying it forward. Yeah. That's what that is. So that's not the great one, but that's still, as Bill sees it. Well, it, you know, I came to, uh, you know, uh, uh, and whether you're an addict, an alcoholic, uh, uh, it doesn't matter. 
<clears throat> if you if you're listening to this and you have never read the 12 steps i would encourage you to do so and and use it as a as a tool of um a life instruction manual because it is perfect mm-hmm. it is perfect yeah it's it works it's a great program um okay i <coughs> let me see pride Um, I was listening to Rick Warren the other day, um, who baptized me, by the way. If Rick Warren listens to this program, please call me. Um, but, you know, he was talking about I being in the center of, of you know, I try, I being, trying to be in the center of things. He said, he mentioned the words pride, crime, all the, all these words that I, I was then in the middle of, you know. Um, for me, I had false pride prior to getting into recovery I because I had to pretend I was someone that I wasn't you know I anyway I was yeah ew um but the pride that I have now is not necessarily a pride in myself but a pride in my relationship with God and I don't think he has a problem with that I think that I'm I'm proud because I know that he has paved the way, this path for me, but I'm proud that I, I continue to take the steps, no pun intended, you know, to stay on that path. Um, and I think that some, some pride in that sense is not a bad thing. You know, um, when it becomes about me, that kind of pride is a bad thing. Well, yeah, too many people will <clears throat> break their arm patting themselves on the back. Um, you know, um, and what, what, what kills me, you see posts with, um, you know, um, look what I did, you know, I, you know, we helped a family, you know, we, you know, especially around Christmas time, mm -hmm. you know, we did this, we did this, we did this. You don't need to, you don't need to stand on the roof and shout out what you did. You know, <coughs> God knows. You know, you, you, your, your spirit knows what you did, and you don't have to share that with anybody. Quite frankly, it's not anybody's business. You know, when you give to a charity, give. It, For the sake of giving. Give because you want to. Mm -hmm. Don't give because you're going to give and let everybody know that you did it. Well, That's and all I the do, wrong reasons. I do believe pride comes before destruction, <coughs> you know, um, and I'm not saying that, you know, pride is one of those things. I take pride in my work. Mm -hmm. you know? To do a good job. I, right. I take pride in, in helping people. I take pride in, in um, you know, trying to live a good life, uh, trying to get to that level of contentment, you know, where I do, I, I take pride in that. But I don't, I don't, um, I don't, I don't, I try not to tell people what I did, you know, to make myself look good. I think mm -hmm. pride is that. Mm -hmm. Pride can be good or bad. Yeah. And I think it, you know. There can be, I think there can be a healthy pride. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Do one more. Aloneness. That's tough. Tell me about it. 
you know, you can be in a room full of people and be alone. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that um, when we talk about um, aloneness, I've met I've met a lot of um, people that um, well known, um, but you can tell just from their uh, their demeanor that they're alone. You know, it, it doesn't have to be that way. Um, and I'm not saying surround yourself with people, but I think that when you are, um, well, all those things that we just talked about makes you alone. Mm. Um, you know, when, it, when it's all about you and you make it all about you and it's selfish and it's um, one-upping people uh, because it's better for you, you're alone. Mm. And you can't change that unless you get God and your spirit in your life that will help you to realize that life, you know, (laughs) um, this life is a journey. It's not a destination. You know, most people seek happiness for, for, and I think we've talked about this before. You know, when, um, you know, when the kids are grown, it's when I'm going to be happy. When, um, uh, when, 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 when I get that job promotion, I'm going to be happy. When I can retire, I'm going to be happy. When I can go on that vacation, I'm going to be happy. I think those, that kind of mental, uh, um, that mental thinking um, helps you be alone. I think that's what causes us all the the pain. And when we realize that where we're at right now, right here, this is our life. And we don't have to be alone. You know, we can surround ourselves with people that that love us, that um, uh, that help us the 12-step program, um, we don't have to be alone. Look look at the number of celebrities that have, um, you look at them on the outside and you think, wow, they've got it made. And then they commit suicide. Well, the fact is they had everything to live on, but in their minds they had nothing to live, live for. for. Yeah. Well, aloneness for, for me, um, mm, man, it changed on March 14, 2012 at approximately 12 o'clock because prior to that, my entire life, I tried to fit in. Mm-hmm. I tried to fit in. Wherever I went, I would try to fit in and adapt myself to whatever the surroundings were or the people were or what have you. But it wasn't until on March 14, 2012 when, you know, um, I went into that room of Alcoholics Anonymous and for the first time in my life, so profound, I belonged. I belonged. I didn't have to do anything to belong. I didn't have to be anything, say anything. I didn't have to do anything. I just belonged. And these people were my people. They were my people in that they, I understood them 100%, and they understood me 100%. Now, I couldn't have articulated that 
on that day, but I just remember sitting down at that table, and I think for the first time in my life, I took a breath. You know, um, a, a cleansing. You know, and if you're if you're new to the rooms of AA, or even if you're you know been in there for a minute, pay attention to the to the chess when you sit down at the table. How many people take that? that deep breath of just (laughs) releasing and knowing that they belong somewhere. That's what that is. I mean, that's the spirit going, I'm home. I'm, you know, I'm okay. Um, it just, I, I knew I, in that moment, thank you God for that thought. uh, In that moment, I knew I never, ever, ever had to be alone again unless I chose to be. I could go anywhere in the world, anywhere in the world, and find my people. All I'd have to do is do a search of AA meetings. Even if I've, I've had friends, and I haven't yet had the pleasure of going to another country and going to a meeting, but I have friends that have done that. Wouldn't that be cool? And to they do can't that? understand a word they're saying, <laughs> but they know, they just know they belong, and they feel just almost at, as, almost as at ease in that setting that they do in their home group. You know, it's just like, I, I don't know what you're saying, but I know that you would help me save my life if I needed you. And it's just, it's it's profound. You know, people, it drives me nuts. I'm in a lot of recovery pages on, on Facebook. And, and, you know, it's it's a great resource. Check them out. Um, but, but it drives me crazy when people say, you know, um, you know, uh, got sober, no God, no program, didn't need that, you know, and it's like, oh my gosh, you poor soul. I can't imagine. You, you have no idea the life you are missing. You have the, you know, there, uh, what, what was that quote? Gosh, dog it. What was that quote? I, I posted the other day of, you know, um, the worst thing about the worst thing a man could do is um, contempt before investigation. So, uh, there, uh, I think, uh, as a matter of fact, I think it came out of Asbel sees it, or maybe the Daily Reflection. But that's the worst thing is to have contempt for something you know nothing about. You're ignorant of it. And I'm just telling you, if you are listening and you have any type of a situation with alcohol or drugs, get your ass into the program and uh, and shut your mouth and try it. Try it honestly and see how your life changes. For 85 years, something's been working. Right. I mean, come on. You know, and it just makes me crazy. You know, well, you know, AA didn't work for me. No, no, ma'am. No, sir. You didn't work the program. Period. I don't care what you say. Send me your text. Send me your messages. Do whatever you want. You know, send me letters. But the fact of the matter is, you the program does not work unless you work it. You didn't take the medicine. That's exactly right. That is exactly right. And one hundred percent of the time, someone comes back into the room and they have relapsed. It's because they quit doing the hundred and sixty-four pages. Period. It's very simple. It's very very simple. We quit doing what worked, and that's that's the result. And so, how do you fix it? You get back to doing. It's okay. It's okay. You know, someone who relapses, you just, you did what your disease does. I mean, it's, you don't have to crucify yourself. You don't have to allow anyone to crucify you. But the fact is, get your butt back in the chair, get with your sponsor, get back to doing what worked. And the well, program and again, works Well, that goes back it. to all the things that we've talked about, and that, that biggest thing is shame. 
you know, oh my gosh, I've you know had all this sobriety, and you know, look at the years that I that I wasn't drinking, and which is a form of pride, right? Absolutely, that's a form of pride. It's a form of selfishness. Yep. You know, yep. I mean, it's there. There's all the all these things are so interrelated. Um, you know, um, and and one of the things that that I, I know really uh, was kind of a corner turning for you. You know, you have to realize that regardless of what you've done, regardless of how you've lived your life, that you are worthy of forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You are worthy to live in the light. There's a phrase in As Bill Sees It that says, just turn your face towards the light. Even when you can't see. Yep. And it's even when you're in that pit, in that darkness, you got to still turn your face towards the light. And the light is the program. The light is your community. The light is your sponsor. The light is the literature. It's all of those things put together that is the program of recovery. And it works. And it's not a weakness to ask for help. No. No. That takes a lot of courage. Thank you for coming on here with You're me. You're welcome. Um, Thank I, you for having me. I like talking to you every now and then. <laughs> we don't talk like this very no, much. No, we I don't. Mean, well, we don't have an kinda, opportunity to. But, yeah. yeah the, um, so, yeah, I, I'm glad that you took the time to, to do that with me today. So do um, find, find us on Facebook. You can check out Rick Cohen, K-O-E-H-N, um, Christine, K-R-I-S-T-I-N-E, Cohen, K-O-E-H-N. And, of course, the Purpose Driven Sobriety Facebook page. Come and follow us and uh, follow all the shenanigans that, that we do. There's nothing, as my husband says, there's nothing sacred. So nothing. Uh, thank you for listening to the Purpose Driven Sobriety Podcast. Take care. Thanks for listening to Purpose Driven Sobriety. Keep coming back. This has been a Rogue Media Network production.